warm welcome to Experts Connect on TeachSomebody.com, and I'm your host, Kadian Davis Owusu. Today, we're privileged to have TEDx speaker, Dr. Kelly Virginia Filan, founder of Winning Six Seconds Resumes, and our conversation will be about how to write a resume that stands out in 2020. Hi, Kelly. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. Please tell us about your background, Kelly. Uh, well, let's see. Um, I've had a pretty varied career. Um, I actually started off in hospitality and tourism, um, and I spent some time working for Disney and working in Las Vegas. Um, then I actually ended up going into academia and becoming a professor in uh, a business school. And uh, more recently, I have actually transitioned into career coaching. Career coaching has been something that I've done for years on the side. I also teach a class in the business school about um, professional development and how to write resumes, that sort of thing. And now I'm transitioning out of academia and into career coaching full time. Great. That's very impressive. So Kelly, please tell me what you are extremely passionate about? Oh my goodness, what I'm extremely passionate about. Um, I'm typically extremely passionate about travel, but obviously that is something that we're not doing at the moment. So at the moment, I'm very passionate about our four-month-old puppy. I am actually learning how to train a puppy, uh, which is a bit of a challenge, but I've learned that more recently the challenge is less so training the puppy than it is training the other humans that live in my house. Uh, because the puppy can be trained, but my husband and daughter, um, training them to deal with the puppy is a little bit more challenging. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I wish you all the best with the training. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. So Kelly, in your capacity as a career coach, what are some of the biggest mistakes job seekers make when drafting a resume? Some of the biggest mistakes is that job seekers tend to be very general. Um, the more that you can be specific and showcase your accomplishments, the better. So for instance, I was just working on a resume today and, um, you know, the person kept talking about, you know, they were responsible for revenue. Well, being able to say that you experienced a 17% growth in revenue over the previous quarter, that really showcases that you have made progress and that you have accomplished something. So so the more that you can, um, I'm constantly using the word quantify, the more that you can add details, the more that you can quantify how many people did you supervise, how much money did you make, um, how many big accounts did you deal with, those are the sorts of things that employers really want to see because they want to see, um, otherwise they don't know really what you can do. So these kinds of numbers and quantification and details really show showcases that you have the capacity to um, continue to grow and that you really have accomplished something previously. Ah, that's great. A great insight, Kelly. Thank you. And I really liked the title of your article on teachsomebody.com. I'm going to read it how it sounds. Mm -hmm. In a pandemic economy, 
An outdated resume won't cut it. Tips to be a competitive job seeker in 2020. And you mentioned that hiring managers only spend six seconds, Kelly, to read a resume. I found that quite alarming. So mm -hmm. Kelly, what's your advice to help job seekers to make a lasting impression and land in the yes pile? <laughs> um, well, first, let me mention the title, okay? I've had so many people come to me recently because they've been in jobs for a very long time, sometimes 10 plus years, and they've had no need to update their resume. So they're using resumes that they may have written back, you know, when they were in, in college or in university, um, and the format and the expectations have changed. And with regard to the six seconds, um, there are really specific things that employers are looking for. Uh, basically, they look very briefly at the top to see your name. They look to make sure that you have a career summary, not an objective. Okay, so that's old school. Objectives are old school. Summaries are current. And then they really just skim straight down the side to see um, what are the titles that you had and then what dates were you working in those positions. Based on those three things, they decide whether or not it's worth it to look any further or if they just want to throw your resume away and say oh this person really does not fit our needs okay thank you and what information should job seekers include and exclude on their resumes um, okay, so I mentioned the idea of using a, a career summary instead yeah. of an objective. So um, a career objective is very me focused. Okay, a career summary is very company focused. So very often people when they write a career objective, it starts along the lines of to secure a position in a fortune 500 financial firm so forth and so on, okay? Well, companies don't care what you want. <laughs> companies need to um, find an employee that fits their needs. And so that's part of the reason that they're looking for a career summary. And so in that career summary, you want to be highlighting what you've accomplished, what you can do, what your top skills are, and how you can add value to that company. So making sure that you're putting that information in there front and center right at the top is really important. And then you really want to be highlighting transferable skills. Um, that's potentially a, a word that you've heard more recently, but transferable skills are really important because very few people stay in the same job or with the same employer or with the same industry forever. And so the idea is, is that when you move from one job to the next or one employer to the next, you want to be able to have your, your skills transfer. And these don't always necessarily have to be skills that you learned at university or through some kind of certificate program. You want to be able to showcase that you can take skills from this job over here and transfer them into something completely different um, over here. Interesting. 
interesting. And Kelly, you also mentioned in your article that we should keep our resumes one to two pages long. Can you elaborate on that, please? Well, it really goes back to, um, there's a lot of things going on. So first of all, um, you have a lot of people applying for not a lot of jobs, okay? You may easily have 200 plus people applying for every position. That's very common. And there's a few things to keep in mind. One is that um, nowadays, 75% of resumes are never seen by human eyes. And that is because resumes are run through a program, uh, a computer program, and the computer program picks out words that they have been trained to um, and told to look for. Uh, so th this is called ATS, so um, Applicant Tracking Systems. And basically, they take the um, job posting and they compare that to your resume. So if you don't have these keywords in there, the computer program will screen you out um, and you'll never actually be seen by a human. And that's really what you want to be doing is you want to make sure that your resume is getting to um, an individual who will actually give you a fair shot. Um, so that's really what you need to be keeping in mind is the fact that there are simply a lot of people going for these various different positions um, and you want to make sure that you are um, positioning your resume in such a way so that you get to the next um, you know tick box <laughs> um, you know the, the next stage of the um, consideration process okay and Kelly so my impression is that we should, if there is a, a system, an algorithm that's checking our resume, then we should probably include these keywords in our career objective. Is that correct? Yes, it's really important to, um, and this is one mistake I often see um, job seekers make is they just use one resume and they apply to lots of different positions with it. And it's, that's really detrimental. You're selling yourself short by doing that. Um, you need to be looking at every, not that you need to do a complete overhaul, but you need to look at every job posting and make sure that your resume within both the career summary and then also within the, the bullet points that you have for your different job descriptions, that some of those keywords from the job posting, you can actually find those on your resume. Um, because if you don't, then like I said before, chances are that computer system will just go ahead and screen you straight out um, and you don't want that to happen. Wow, the times we're living in are really changing, wow. <laughs> yes, they <Yeah>. are. <laughs> So Kelly, you've done a lot of volunteer work. Tell us how important is having volunteer work on our resume? Well, um, you don't have to, okay? You definitely don't have to. But this is one of the things that I like to tell job seekers. And this kind of goes a little bit back to the transferable skills. So um, when, as you mentioned, I'm a TEDx speaker. And when I spoke about TEDx, um, or when I spoke at TEDx, I spoke about, I used to live in Africa for several years when I worked um, more in the tourism industry and I worked often with different organizations and some of them were volunteer tourism organizations
organizations. And so that's where sort of this passion and this um, love of volunteering and um, sort of the, the benefits and, you know, sometimes it's not always beneficial, those types of programs, um, but that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> um, but that's really where that comes from. So what I always like to tell job seekers is very often I have people come to me and say, I have no experience. What am I going to put in my resume? And the thing is, is unless you've been, of course, we've all been in lockdown recently, but unless you've been living in your home and never leaving for years and years at a time, chances are you have transferable skills. Um, you have experience. And so maybe you haven't ever worked if you're a, a new grad, but if you volunteered, um, that is an experience. If you've held some kind of extracurricular leadership position, that is an experience. Um, you know, my brother, when he was at uni, he was um, an, an athlete. And so he couldn't ever work because he was always playing sports. But, you know, he was the team captain. So he was good at organizing people. Um, he played a particular position that required him to talk to everybody on the field. So he had good communication skills. Um, so you can always find experience um, through different ways. And it's just a matter of framing those skills uh, on your resume. Um, if you don't mind my continuing on with the transferable skills for another moment, um, several years ago, I was actually doing some interviewing for a company. Um, I was helping them with their interviewing and they uh, had a a stay-at-home mom who had submitted a resume and her cover letter was excellent because she had really never worked um, because she'd always stayed home with her children. She got married young, she had children young, um, but her cover letter uh, and her, some of what she had on her resume was excellent because her resume was nothing but volunteer work and her cover letter said things like, well, I have five children and a husband, so I spend a lot of time organizing schedules. So I'm very detail oriented. I have to take care of the budget in my house. So she really did an excellent job of bringing together all these transferable skills. And so we interviewed her, she got the job, she was wonderful. So you really need to be thinking about those other opportunities, whether it's volunteering, whether it's something else, and bringing those into your resume. So volunteering will not make or break you. But if you put it on there, and that that stands as a good piece of experience that can really take you very far. Wow, thank you so much, Kelly. And you keep on mentioning transferable skills, but just for clarity purposes, can you give us a definition of what is a transferable skill and provide some examples if possible? Sure, a transferable skill is any skill that you can really tailor to the job that you are applying for. So for instance, I recently had somebody who um, had been furloughed from a hotel 
And she went and she applied for a position um, with uh, Home Depot in the US. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but it's a very large sort of do-it-yourself construction, um, you know, that, that type of store. And what she actually ended up doing, she had been an event manager at a hotel. Um, so she did weddings and, um, you know, uh, conferences, that sort of thing. And she ended up going in and doing um, transportation logistics at Home Depot. And so she basically was responsible for um, all of the scheduling, all of the communication, all of the deliveries of these huge 18-wheeler trucks and the delivery of all of these different products. So she was taking the skills that she had working with various different teams, um, obviously the communications that was involved, um, obviously the scheduling if you ever do events there's a lot of scheduling <laughs> you know you have to get the uh, um, tables set up before the catering can come in and she took all of that and she brought it over to um, dealing with all of the transportation and now she deals with all of the transportation for Home Depot um, in one of the US states. Uh, so that's really what you're looking at. So that's why it's really important to look at um, job postings and see, you know, okay, maybe I don't have that exact skill, but what can I relate to that and then, you know, showcase in my application. Very well, thank you. And we're going to do a bit of acting, right? Okay, sure. <laughs> so we're going to do some time traveling and we're going to travel back five years. So we're going to, let's say, 2015, right? Uh -huh. Yeah. And we're in a job interview. I'm the interviewer and you are the interviewee. So I'm yes. going to pretend to be the interviewer now. So, okay. Kelly, you want to land this dream job. Tell me, Kelly, where do you see yourself in five years from now? Kelly, now we're going to travel back to 2020, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. How would you have responded now that you have been living through this catastrophic year called 2020. Oh my goodness. Wow. Well, I would answer it very differently. There's no doubt about that because in 2015, I would have said, um, you know, I wanted to learn and grow with the company. I would have talked about probably um, working collaboratively with some of the other departments and taking on more responsibility. Um, that's a typical answer to where do you see yourself in five years? Um, and just an asterisk, don't ever say that you want the boss's job or that you see being promoted, okay? You need to get this job before you talk about the next one, okay? Get, get in the door before you start talking about that. Mm -hmm. Um, now, if I was thinking about it, I would be thinking about what kind of skills would I be learning and what, how I would need to adapt. So for instance, um, I would really be thinking about juggling, working from home, sharing an office with my husband while um, training my puppy and homeschooling my 11-year-old. <laughs> so these are not things that any of us expected. 
but now they're kind of our reality. And now with, um, you know, the concerns over, you know, more lockdowns and, and what's going on in different places, this may be something that actually extends a while. Um, so this, again, is something uh, that is probably going to be asked about in interviews um, and something that job seekers certainly should be considering um, when they're applying for positions and asking these types of questions. You know, what kind of flexibility will I have with working hours? What's the expectation if we go back into lockdown? So forth and so on. Yeah, that's very good. Thank you so much for those enlightening answers, Kelly. So what's your advice to job seekers to handle the curveballs of 2020? The biggest thing that I would really say is keep an open mind. Um, so I had a client that I worked with recently who um, she was a social um, media person. Okay. And she got furloughed and lost her job. Um, and so she came to me and we started talking about different options. And I really highlighted, you know, the idea of these transferable skills. And interestingly enough, she ended up applying for a job, um, which she got as a candle maker. Now, she had never worked in retail. She knew nothing about making candles or really making anything because she'd always done social media. Um, but she ended up getting the job because she said, you know, I'm flexible. You know, I have a strong work ethic. Um, I love to learn so forth and so on. So they said, okay, sure. Well, we'll take you. And it worked out great. And she had probably been there for about a month or maybe two. And, um, she happened to see a marketing campaign that they were doing, not social media, which was her specialty, but some other, I don't know, billboard poster. I'm not sure what it was. And she made a suggestion about it. And so she took her experience. She got a completely different job. And then she brought it back to sort of a spinoff of the experience that she had previously. And I think that that's really important for people to keep in mind is keep an open mind because you never know what will end up opening up later on, particularly because, you know, employers are hiring, they're taking longer to hire, but they do want to hire if they can guarantee, if they're confident that they'll be able to keep somebody for a year or longer. Okay, so they're really being thoughtful before they hire people. And as a result, a lot of times they're sort of folding two or three jobs into one position, or they're just kind of doing without and then seeing um, what other kinds of, you know, little nuggets of skills you have here and there that they could kind of use instead of outsourcing or using somebody else. So I think it's really important to, to think and keep an open mind and, and really consider options you would have not typically considered before because you never know what you can find. And the good thing for her is she loves the company she's working for. She's doing quite well. She already has a little bit of an in with the marketing department. So when they expand or when somebody leaves marketing, you can almost guarantee she'll be the first person to get that job. Um, so I, that's what I would really say to job seekers. Thank you. Her story is extremely inspiring. Thank you. Sure. Yeah. Yes. So Kelly, thank you for your willingness to share your knowledge. The information you provided on how to create a winning resume in 2020 was extremely relevant and enlightening. To our audience, thanks for tuning in on Experts Connect. 
I'll see you next week where we will discuss exciting topics that will ignite your passion for learning. If you like the information that was presented, please head on over to teachsomebody.com and give us an applause. You'll also access the show notes there. Please feel free to also share your questions and your comments on the platform. Also, I'm gonna ask you this, please. We want to get this information to as many people as possible. So please subscribe to us on YouTube. It's one word, teach somebody, and follow us on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Have a lovely day and I'll see you soon. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye.